T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey there, North Texas. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Ask the Expert North Texas. I'm Kristen Diaz. I'm David Rankin. We heard the story yesterday about the woman who drowned when her car got caught in the floodwaters in Mesquite under the bridge at Military Parkway near 635. Has to be one of the scariest thoughts that you can't get out of your car in this kind of a situation. We're always told, turn around and don't drown. But what happens when you do get caught in a flash flood? On today's Ask the Expert, we're joined by Lauren Sanchez. She's the Emergency Management Coordinator for the cities of Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Duncanville, and Lancaster, and she is in the KRLD Zoom room. Lauren, thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me this now, morning. There are ways to get out of this. First, let's start with the whole concept of not driving in flooded out areas. People do tend to underestimate how dangerous it can be with just a little amount of water on the road. It's true. People are used to the route that they take to work and we've driven through uh, rain before. We've seen water on the roads, but it's actually interesting. It doesn't take a lot of water at all to cause problems. So six inches of moving water is enough to knock over an adult. Uh, 12 inches of moving water is enough to move a car. And then two feet of water is enough to move most SUVs and trucks. Um, and a lot of it is puddles, right? So we see water on the road. We don't know the depth of it because people aren't going to get out and measure it. And you shouldn't. Um, so people think that they can get through because they've gotten through before. Um, and then it turns out that it's more water than they thought it was. And the next thing they know, their car's stuck. So let's go from there. You're stuck. And, you know, let's say you have a car full of people, maybe a baby in a car seat in the back and a dog riding in the front seat. I mean, just... People are living their lives and whatever the case, they get stranded, um, car starts to stall out. Uh, what should they immediately do next? So there's a couple things. The first thing is to stay calm. And I know we say it all the time and it's way harder to actually do it than to say it. Uh, but your adrenaline is going to be pumping in that moment, especially if you have a baby and your dog in the car, you're going to be thinking of what you should be doing, but stay calm and calmly think through all the steps. So if you're in the situation and your car cannot move, if you can roll down the windows. So if your car power is still on and the water hasn't affected your engine, roll down your windows because that gives you another way out of the car if you can't open the door for some reason. Uh, you wanna take off seat belts next so that you're not trying to get out of the car and then realizing your seatbelt is stuck or you forgot to unbuckle it. So unbuckle yourself, unbckle the baby that you have in the back seat get everybody, so get the baby, get the dog. If you had a emergency kit in your car, which we can talk about later of some things you should put in there, but grab that and you wanna get on the roof of the car. So as safely and as quickly as you can get everyone that was in the car with you on the roof, you wanna do that and then stay there. And then once you're on the roof of the car, you wanna call 911, give them your location. And then when they arrive to help you, you want to make yourself as visible as possible. So flail your arms. If you had any bright colored clothing in the car, wave that around in the air so that they see exactly where you are and know how to quickly get to you. A lot of people might make the mistake when they're in that situation and try to call 911 from inside the car. That's the wrong move, right? I would say to wait. 
Uh, because if you're on the phone with 911, then you're multitasking and you don't want to be multitasking too much when you're in an emergency situation. So I would make sure you have your phone, put it in your pocket, grab everything you need, get on the car and then call 911. You always want to call 911 from a safe location. We, you know, often see, um, you know, window breakers that are, you know, around this time, especially after something we've just gone through, they're going to start being advertised and whatnot. Um, what types of tools should we keep in our car uh, accessible in these types of emergencies? And then what do we do if we don't have these types of tools to help us get out? Great question. So a window breaker tool is one that I would definitely recommend. And like you said, they're gonna be all over. Every time you get on social media, it's gonna be the first ad that pops up and that's okay. But I would just say to do your research, don't buy the uh, cheapest priced tool that you can find because you want it to be something that's actually gonna work when you need it. So make sure you read the reviews. Buying online is fine. They have the most options, but make sure it's something that people have tried and tested before and it's actually gonna work. So definitely get a window breaker. Most of them on the other end have a blade that'll cut your seatbelt, which I also mm -hmm. recommend. So if your seatbelt is stuck for some reason, the tool will do both purposes. So keep that in your car close to the driver. If you can have it in your glove compartment or in the space that's on the driver's side door, somewhere that you can quickly access it and make sure you know where it's at. Maybe touch it once a month, just so mentally you know exactly where you kept it and make sure anyone else who drives your car knows exactly where it's at. As far as other supplies to have in your car, uh, people have said flares. If you're comfortable with having flares in your car for situations like this, when you get out and you're on top of the roof and uh, first responders are responding, you could light a flare and quickly, right? They can see exactly where you are to come help you. Whistles wouldn't be bad for the same reason. If you don't have a flare, you just blow on the whistle when you're on the roof and first responders are there so they can quickly identify where you're located. Um, another thing too, thinking out of the box, right? This doesn't have to be stuff that you keep in your car all the time, but when it's raining like this, maybe flotation devices. If you kayak on the weekend and you have flotation devices in your garage, why not throw one in the backseat of your car? Because if you're on the roof of your car, it'd be really nice to have something around your neck that if for some reason you fell off, right? You feel a little safer that you could float. If you didn't have any of these things like the window breaker, uh, then just get creative. People have mentioned that you can take the headrest off of your seat if it is removable and right, maybe practice it ahead of time to see how difficult it actually is to take it off. And maybe you just use those metal pieces to break a window. Don't practice breaking your window, but practice taking it off the seat to see if you're physically able to do so. Um, but think these through, think these things through ahead of time. Um, it's a game that I play, right? What if I'm in this situation? Think it through so that you know what you might do. The next step, of course, is if your car is starts to get swept away in the waters and you've got to get out and you can't stay on the roof, the chances are you're going to, have to jump into the waters. And a lot of people tend to underestimate the fact of how cold that water is going to be and then what do you do to escape? Very true. It's going to be very cold, uh, but the bigger issue is going to be fast moving, right? If it's moving your car, it's going to move you even quicker. So it's gonna take you wherever its path is. So if you had that flotation device, great, you're in a better um, spot than you would be without it. But if you're in that situation where water is rising over your car and moving it, you need to get out of the car. Um, and we've seen it on all the movies, right? You have to lower your windows or break the windows. You have to let water get into your car before you're able to open doors because the pressure needs to equalize. So stay calm, open your windows, crack your windows, 
let the water come in. You take a big breath right before, and then you can swim out. So if that's something you had to do, right, do it. And then once you're out of the car, swim away. If the water's pushing you one direction, you want to try to swim, you know, to the side, go to where the end of the water is. If there is an end or find a tree, find something sturdy that you could grab onto. Is it a mistake that I would assume most people keep emergency supplies in their trunk? Should we be maybe putting that in, like you said, in the glove compartment or in the side of the door instead? If you could, you're right. A lot of people keep stuff in their trunk because there's more space. So for example, in my car, I keep water bottles, a blanket, some granola bars, the bigger stuff in my trunk, but I also have an SUV. So if I had to crawl to the back, I could. Uh, but if you keep it in your trunk, re remember to move it to the front. So if it's raining and you think flooding might be an issue, remember to grab it and put it in the back seat. If your kit is small enough or you're okay with it taking up space in your back seat or in the glove compartment or in the center console, put it there. The easier accessible it is to you, the better. Mm -hmm. And you could break it up. You could put the big stuff in the back that, you know, water bottles, you're not going to need water bottles in this situation, but you would if you were stranded on the side of the road. So you could keep some stuff in the very back, but put the really important stuff in the front. Lauren Sanchez is the Emergency Management Coordinator for the cities of Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Duncanville, and Lancaster. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.